it's the voice of the one and only DJ Scream. Letting you know that you are now in tune to the Casual Flex, where culture meets sports and casuals are welcome. Now here's your host, Philip Dukes. Yo, welcome to the Casual Flex. I am your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes D. Scoop. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Dukes D. Scoop. And make sure you hit that like and subscribe button down there. What the, wait, what's going on in Auburn? So, Lane Kiffin comes out, says he's not going. Troll, I feel so bad for the reporter who broke the news. I'm pretty sure he had a pretty credible source. It, it could have been, uh, could have been, you know, a little bit of bait. Could have came from Jimmy Sexton, whoever it was. He was the sacrificial lamb. So, man, shout out to that guy, man, because Lane Kiffin really kind of uh, uh, drove him. Into the ground. Yep, he did. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure he'll rebound. But, man, shout out to that guy. Because um, Lane Kiffin really uh, made a biker of him. But Lane Kiffin's not coming to Auburn. Um, they say he got a bigger deal from an old Miss uh, that he was able to get privately funded through um, one of the collectives down there. An uh, eight-year deal, which was more of a commitment that Auburn was able to offer. So it goes to show you that, you know, um, people – Make time and make room and make money for what they want. All right, past that. Okay, so then it's the Hugh Freeze show. Twitter goes crazy, just like they did when uh, Kevin Steele was about to get hired, the whole stop Steele thing, and they stopped Steele from getting hired. It looks like that's right now. That's what's going on in Auburn. Uh, everybody thought that Hugh Freeze would have been announced today. Uh, they even talked about it on college game day. Right now, Auburn still does not have a coach. Um, Cadillac. Got the guys to put up a, a very valiant effort against Alabama. Uh, they played hard until the end, but uh, like I kind of alluded to earlier, um, Alabama was just a little too deep, um, a little too battle-tested, and a lot of people are looking at the two losses that Alabama has and saying, hey, these guys are just they're falling off. But, man, they lost two games by a total of four points. Two games by a total of four points. And um, LSU's not a horrible team, even though they did lose to Arkansas, uh, Texas A&M. And um, yeah, and their other loss, uh, who who be Tennessee? Yeah, at the time Tennessee were, were, was probably the hottest team in the country. So, um, yeah, Cadillac had a really really valued effort against a really competitive and deep and talented Alabama team, who still has and believe it or not, they've got an outside opportunity at getting into the playoffs. So, where does Auburn go from here? Well, you got a couple of ways you can go. You can still hire Hugh Freeze. And I feel like that's a real possibility that uh, maybe they're doing some some more vetting and checking out some of the allegations that are being made. Um, but Hugh Freeze is probably the top candidate still. Um, do you go to James Franklin? Would James Franklin come? Um, James Franklin is from Pennsylvania. Um, if you're from Pennsylvania, there's not a better job to get than Penn State. He's the school up there. Um, he always recruits well, as you can see this year. Uh, he's always going to be in that eight to ten win range. And every now and then, you know, every two to three years, he'll, you know, I'm pretty sure by the time those freshman running backs that he has now, by the time they get ready to uh, become juniors, they'll be in that playoff contention again. So, uh, would James Franklin even come? Who knows? Uh, outside of that. Uh, you got you still got Jeff Grimes. Uh, not sure he's the splash hire that um, Auburn 
once as a fan base, um, but a solid can a solid candidate. Um, still got uh, what's my guy? Oh, Brian Johnson from the Eagles, uh, the quarterbacks coach of the Eagles. Um, don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was the quarterbacks coach at Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Um, under Dan Mullen, uh, doing a great job with Jalen Hurts. Um, not sure how he would run the program, but there are rumors about him going around. Um. I have confirmed that they have reached out to Sonny Dykes and his representation, but they're in the middle of a – I mean, TCU is in the middle of a playoff run. They can win a national championship, so um not sure if that's the move. Um, so, yeah, what does Auburn do from here? I think that you got to give some serious consideration to Cadillac Williams at this point. Uh, he'll probably be somebody who could win both the uh, the media portion of things. Um as far as some of the Auburn purists who believe in having a strong resume and you got to got have a guy. I mean, he basically got on a job training. Uh, he took a team that could have easily went 0-4 and turned them into 2-2. Two and two. Uh, You put the right guys around him. Um, you look at what type of offense that he ran, he just, he just took what he had and made the best of it. Uh, they were able to put up more points against Alabama than I thought they would have. They basically only got to run the ball. Um, still, like, with the right – offense being installed you could get a lot more out of Robbie Ashford I believe um and he'll be able to recruit and my thing for this Auburn coaching search is you gotta have a recruiter not just a portal guy you gotta have a guy who can recruit out of high school why is that because at this point in time recruiting out of high school almost allows you to become successful in the portal especially with guys that you finish second for so if you have those relationships coming out of college excuse me coming out of High school going into college, it, it, it plays a major part in the um to the transfer portal. So also being able to get guys and develop them, uh, the developmental portion of things. So uh, it, it looms large in college football right now. So uh, recruiting is all recruiting is always going to be the lifeblood of your program, your program, and um uh, you got to get a recruiter. Now somebody who is not afraid to run the program how they want to run their program, but is not too standoffish to the point where they alienate some very important people. So you got to have a politician and uh, it's almost like you got to have a, a strong politician with a sense of autonomy. Got to have a guy who can come in and say, you know what, I'm going to run the program my way, but in running the program my way, I'm going to make sure I respect those who've come before me and those who have influence and also just win the media. Like There were so many PR things that could have happened in the, under the Brian Harson tenure that just didn't happen. I mean, you don't miss the Bo Jackson charity event. Go down to the Georgia high school coaching event. I mean, just certain little stuff that people are pick and nitpick on, but they are important in Auburn, and you got to have those type things. Get somebody who can get people fired up about Tumor's Corner. Get somebody who can get people to want to fork over money into the NIL program because you're talking to the right people. You make everybody feel at home. And somebody who's willing to go into these high schools and have meaningful conversations once they leave the school. Not just Hey, I'm going to talk to you while I'm there. When when you leave the school, you know, you don't want anybody where it feels like you got to, you know, where it feels like in order 
to recruit that school or recruit that high school, you've got somebody who, you know, I'm too busy with football. You got to have a recruiter and somebody who believes in the grassroots region that we're in and making sure that you get out here. And I mean, it, it basically comes down to shaking hands and kissing babies, especially in the high schools. So you got to have somebody who can be a politician with some autonomy. We'll see what happens. Um, right now, I'm hearing, uh, I'm getting texts right now. Let me see what the last text I got. Um, let's see. Yeah, it looks like uh, Freeze is still in the mix. Uh, not sure if Twitter has taken Freeze out of the mix. It didn't look good. Uh, definitely a huge PR hit uh, as far as the public relations side of things as far as you freeze goes in Auburn. But right now, uh, Twitter won't be paying his salary. So if John Cohen decides to make Hugh freeze the head coach, it'll be, uh, it'll be a monumental hire. This is a very important time in Auburn history. Uh, you gotta have somebody, the, the, the disappointment from the majority of fans who thought they were getting Lane Kiffin, which could have been a smoke screen, um, on Auburn's part, just to kind of take some of the attention off of Hugh Freeze. But, you know, to some people's point, who else is, who, who, we don't know who else is beating the Hugh Freeze's door down either. Also, maybe besides Liberty, um, then too, was it a play by Jimmy Sexton? Did, once again, did Jimmy Sexton use Auburn's interest in Lane Kiffin to get him the contract that he wanted while also getting his other client, Hugh Freeze, more money from being able to go to Auburn? That I don't know. Uh, it feels like uh, um, I just got another text. Yeah, it feels like Hugh Freeze will be the guy. I'm not, I'm not sure. But right now, this is kind of how it feels. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, one thing. I, so what? What do I know about Hugh Freeze? One thing I do know about Hugh Freeze, and this is football only. What I know about Hugh Freeze is he really enjoys talking to high school coaches. I do know that there are multiple high school coaches who have dealings with him that do enjoy talking to him. It's not a chore for him. He's never been too big for the situation. Um, a good personality, a real charmer. Um, I've also heard that uh, he's a really, really good um, identifier and quarterback talent. Um, he's able to uh, definitely develop guys, and he's able to shift his system based on this on the on the talent that he has. So, if you got a more of a dual threat guy, he can put you in more running situations. If you got more of a pocket passer, then he can put you in uh, better situations from the pocket. I also heard that um, that he's really serious about the changes that he's made personally. Now, how serious is that? I don't know because, you know, somebody can come out here and say all of the right things and then go do something absolutely crazy. And what can you do about it? Cause people are people. So, um, but I, I, I have heard that the changes that he's made have been genuine and uh, we'll see. I, I can't judge. I'm, I'm, I'm in no position to judge anybody. Um, but yeah, I definitely hear he's a good recruiter. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out um, for the sake of Auburn. I hope it is the hire that's needed. And if you – Hugh Freeze. So let's talk about this. Hugh Freeze. How can you get – let's say Hugh Freeze is hired at Auburn. 
How can Hugh Freeze be successful in Auburn? Well, first and foremost, you've got to take advantage of your experience in the Southeast region, and that's by using the transfer portal. Any guys that you've recruited over the past few years, guys that want to leave Liberty and come with you, there are going to be some guys who are talented enough to play in the SEC at Liberty right now. you got to get the best of those guys if they want to leave. you also got to get some of the guys that you've recruited who play on teams who may have SEC guys on their teams that you've recruited to Liberty. So take make sure that you take care of the Southeastern imprint in order to get your recruiting under control. Two, you got to sign some guys on high school sign on, on the early signing day. You have to make a splash in December. So this is the time that you got to flip some guys. You got to get some 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 positive momentum headed into the the uh the second signing day period. Three, you got to get a recruiter. Whether it's you, you got to have somebody that can say, hey, you know what, my hallmark is recruiting. I'm a recruiter. You have to have somebody who can strike fear in the rest of the SEC, and they know there'll be in a dog fight for some of those four and five star guys. You got guys. I mean, T. Will, somebody who comes to mind. Traveris Robinson, T. Rob, somebody who comes to mind. Muschamp comes to mind. Somebody who can recruit and recruit at a high level at your defensive coordinator. That's going to be a really, really important factor into how well uh, Auburn and Hugh Freeze is able to acclimate to the situation. So if Hugh Freeze wants to be successful, all in all, you better find out how to recruit, and you better do it in a hurry. All right, so let's move on. Um, let's talk about what we got next. Do the Falcons need to make a change at quarterback? All right, the Falcons give up another heartbreaking loss, uh, lose to uh to to the Washington Commanders, a game they probably should have won. They ran the ball really well, gave up a little more rushing yards than they probably should have. They were in the game until the end, down by six points. Uh, had a chance to end the game. Uh, first and first and goal from the four or five yard line, maybe the two inside the five for sure. Uh, what happens? Uh. One bad play, second and four, uh, second and goal from the four. Mariota throws an interception, game time. So right now, if you go to Falcons Twitter, you go to Falcons Facebook, Falcons Instagram, it is, is it time for Ritter? So here's my here's my take on that. I'm not sure if you can bench Mariota right now because of how well the run game is working and how big of a threat. Mariota is to run the ball. Now, Desmond Ritter, from what we've seen, uh, he's athletic enough to run some of those uh, read option type plays, but he's not going to be as effective at Mar as Mariota is. And the fact that Mariota runs the ball so well, it opens other things up. The problem with that is once they're open, Mariota hasn't been the most accurate when it comes to hitting the guys that he has open. So I think it'll change the dynamic of the offense and the way the offense is run running right now. I'm not sure about if this is the situation that I want to bring in a rookie quarterback who we feel may have some potential for the future in. Um, definitely a heartbreaking loss. And as you know, as most people know, the most popular guy in on any football team that's not doing well is the backup quarterback. Always the most popular guy. So when it comes down to does Mariota need to be benched, I wouldn't gamble the development of Desmond Ritter right now. By benching Mariota, Mariota, I mean, he just got to cut down on the turnovers. 
If you run the ball four times from there, I mean, I I, I take I take my chances that you're a smash mouth team. But you do have to have tendency breakers, and I think that was a good play call. I think it was executed properly, and I think that with the Falcons being in the NFC South, you can you can afford to roll with Mary. Mariota is probably the second best quarterback in the NFC South right now. It ain't no probably he is. So you got the second best quarterback in the division already. I mean, you might as well run with it, see what happens. If the Falcons don't make the playoffs, if they don't, it's not a horrible thing. You get better draft selections, and you can really start to rebuild with some better draft selections. It's free agency money. I just think the NFC South is so bad that the Falcons are going backdoor their way into the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I feel like they are. Uh, they're they're in every game. Ain't nobody really just coming out spanking the birds. You know what I mean. So I think that um, if the Falcons continue to run the ball the way they've been doing, which they have been, uh, getting some some production from the tight end position. Uh, they've got uh three backups that they like to rotate, and uh, Pruitt is more so the uh the pass catching guy. He caught a touchdown today. Uh, I think that the Falcons will be fine. Um, at least they'll be. Uh, it, so it, the Falcons can't lose this year. Either they're going to get better draft picks by not making the playoffs or they're going to be ahead of schedule and make the playoffs in a bad year for the NFC South, a historically bad year in the NFC South. But guess what? A win is a win, and the playoffs are the playoffs. So at this point, the Falcons can't lose. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Jets. Let's talk about the Jets. Now I've all I've been showing a whole lot of love to the NFC East, and rightfully so. But I think the Jets may have found their quarterback. Mike White was literally slanging that thing today, man. I think he, he goes 22 for 28, 315 yards, a couple tuds. Uh I mean, the best quarterback play I've seen from the New York Jets probably since Chad Pennington, maybe. I mean, and every time they call on him, he, he plays like this. Like, I think it's time for Mike White to get a chance to be the, the quarterback of the New York Jets. Everybody was happy with it. Zach Wilson is obviously not ready for that job. Zach Wilson um showed himself like he he really came off as a spoiled brat, what a lot of people felt like he was going to be. And uh, last week after that display, 77 yards passing or however many it was, under 100 yards passing, um, in a game where the Jets really – the Jets' defense played their tails off. So, I mean, I you, you you could just see in the locker room with the win and how the wide receivers were talking about Mike White. And uh, Elijah Moore said something that was real telling, uh, who, a really talented uh, second-year player who was a second-round pick out of Ole Miss uh, the year pre- previous. He said, uh, yeah, I'm just happy I got a chance to show who I am. He only caught two passes. But it was two more that he had been catching, and he was at, he was put in a position, and he scored a touchdown. So, man, shout out to Mike White. Um, if the Jets can get some consistent quarterback play, they can be a really, really scary team going into the future. You got to think they still got Brees Hall, who's out for the season. You got uh, James Robinson, who didn't play; he was a healthy scratch today. You got a lot out of Ty Johnson. They got another running back. Oh, what's the kid's name? Stars with a Z, I think. Zolomon something, something like that, but. They've got uh, a healthy stable of backs right now, so much so that you can afford to uh, bench James White uh, voluntarily. I think uh, wide receivers, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Elijah Moore, 
Uh, and defensively, man, that defense is scary. And if they get support and they're able to play complimentary football, man, stop it. Watch out for the Jets, man. Uh, the Jets could end up being, if they get along this stretch run, if Mike White continues to show himself the way they showed him, the way he showed himself today, the Jets are definitely a playoff team and the second best team in the, in, in the AFC East. Uh, they're definitely look better than the Patriots. Would when they have quarterback play, they they absolutely look better than the Patriots. And that defense probably is the best defense in. Okay, them in Buffalo, neck and neck. But yeah, I definitely like their defense better than uh, the Dolphins right now. They're younger, uh, a little more spry, um, the, and the cornerback play. Uh, and I know Sauce Gardner is young, but man, he's playing ball. DJ Reed too, man. I, I I just really like what the Jets have going on. So it's gonna be real interesting to see how they continue to uh, develop and grow. So a uh, shout out to the Jets, and uh, I think Mike White, it's your time, dog. Let's talk about these Raiders, man. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is somebody I don't think gets enough credit at all. Now, I'm an Auburn guy, but, man, I give in, in, in NFL, you got to give credit where credit is due. Right now, Josh Jacobs is leading the NFL in rushing, and Josh McDaniels doesn't show any signs of slowing up. And I know a lot of fantasy people are mad because going into the season, he – um. The first preseason game, Josh Jacobs played, and all of the fantasy analysts were like, oh, yeah, that's a bad sign because you won't start your starter running back in the first preseason game. And, yeah, Josh Jacobs might be washed up. And, yeah, you better get Zeus White because that's going to be the guy. Man, this dude is leading the league in rushing. So if I had any type of advice for my fantasy football players, go with your gut. <laughs> if it looked like a duck, walk like a duck, it's a duck. If it looks like a Pro Bowl running back, it runs like a Pro Bowl running back. Guess what? It is a Pro Bowl running back. And Josh Jacobs is an all-pro running back at this point in the season. You got to – at what point do we start to say, is Josh, five a, is Josh Jacobs a top five running back? Is Josh Jacobs a top five running back? This year, he's leading the league in rushing yards. He's still young. He's in his fourth year, going into his fifth year in the league. I think he made four or five, four, fourth or fifth year. Um, he's fast, great vision, tough as nails, doesn't miss a ton of games, great in goal line situations. You can go on and on. And he's playing on a team that offensive line really ain't all that good. So shout out to Josh Jacobs. Um, who? So right now, my top five running backs in the league, I think I'll go – one still got to go King Henry, okay. Uh, he's he, he's returned from injury, still being that dominant presence. They're not, and and right now they really don't have any type of passing game. Uh, they're still trying to find their um, trying to find trying to find their stride passing. So you know he knows that he's going to see eight in the box, and he's still been dominating this year. Uh, second in the league in rushing yards. So I think uh, Derrick Henry is still my number one running back. Number two. I got to go with Josh Jacobs right now. He's the hottest running back in the league. Uh, and he's showing you that even today when he wins the game with the 85-yard, uh, 86-yard touchdown rush, he can go the distance. He's tough enough to get those tough yards. He can also, if, if you play with him and, you, and, and he gets to the second level, he can put on those uh, afterburners, shoot the deuces. 
and take that thing to the pot mints. So, yes, Josh Jacobs is my number two running back in the league right now. Number three, Mr. Chubb. Nick Chubb right now is my number three running back in the NFL. Why? Well, he's still doing it. He basically sat Kareem Hunt down with the way that he's been able to run the ball, and Kareem Hunt is still a hell of a running back. They know he's getting the ball. He's still dominating when he gets the ball. He's probably the fastest per pound in the NFL. If I got Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb in a foot race, I'm taking Nick Chubb. Uh, Derrick Henry is definitely more of a strider, but man, Nick, uh, excuse me, Nick Chubb has that straight up sprinter speed at 235, 240 pounds, built like Adonis, uh, great vision, as big as he is, and he's still nimble enough to hit the perimeter. And when he does, uh, is basically a guaranteed house call. If you if he's even with you, and I don't care if it's a if it's a five nine cornerback, if Chubb is even, he is leaving. Number four, my number four running back in the NFL right now, I would have to go probably with the old reliable Dalvin Cook. And a lot of people aren't too fond of Dalvin Cook because, you know, they have so much going on in Minnesota. They got to distribute the ball so many different uh, – uh, how many different ways they've got to distribute the ball. But, man, Dalvin Cook still gets it done. He gets those tough yards. He can also take it the distance. Um, Really good out the backfield. And with the emergence of uh, Jordan Jefferson uh, – uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, excuse me, with the emergence of uh, Justin Jefferson, it's kind of like, dang, you know, he's still able to be relevant uh, even though you got somebody who can change the game like in, in, in a matter of seconds uh, with, with every time he touches the ball in uh, Justin Jefferson. So I think uh, even being able to be – I wouldn't quite call Dalvin Cook a Robin, but with everything that he can do and his talent that he's he, he, as he is, uh, I think he's at least the number four running back in the league. And I'm going to surprise you with number five. My number five running back in the league right now isn't even a starter all the time. But I think he's probably the fifth best running back in the NFL. There's not a lot of guys I'd take over him. And that's uh, Tony Pollard of Dallas Cowboys. Explosive. Explosive. He's probably the most explosive running back in the league right now. Uh, he's a threat to take it a distance every time. Uh, really, really good out of the backfield. I think the scheme that they're running, anytime he's been the lead back, it's been a, almost an all-world type of day. And he's able to do, I think he's maybe seventh or eighth in the league in rushing. And if you, yards per carry, he's got to be in the top one or two. So uh, he's not even getting the touches that some of these guys are. He has to get it popping like a microwave every time. Like, it's, he doesn't have time to warm up. So, yeah, uh, I, my fifth running back in the league right now, I got to go with Tony Pollard. And there's a lot of guys to choose from. Uh, I, I really like Cordell Patterson, the way he plays the game. The way um, yeah, Arthur Smith has been able to utilize him has been really good. Uh, Aaron Jones is still a dog. Uh, can't count him out. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, it, 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 they're, they're going to do a whole lot with him in San Francisco, and he's uh, really taken to the offense already. Still can't forget about guys like Kamar and – you still got like a James Conner, a lot of guys, but uh, I think um, as far as the scheme and who's able to be productive right now based on where they are, I think my I'll stick with my top five right now. Trouble in Denver. So the Broncos. Let's 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 talk about this. So um 
Purcell, the uh, defensive lineman for the uh, Denver Broncos, comes off the field. I think after a penalty or a missed field goal, some, some, uh, some, 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 he had a word with uh, Russell Wilson, and then uh, Russell Wilson kind of said something to him, and then Purcell just like starts yelling at Russell Wilson. Now, one thing that you don't do without knowing that somebody has your back for doing is yell at a quarterback. Nobody yells at the quarterback, especially not a veteran like Russell Wilson, unless they know that other people back willing to back him up. Like you lose your job for going at quarter billion dollar quarterbacks. Listen, quarter billion dollar quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. But I think this guy knows that he's not the only person that feels this way and that he was able to go at him. He t- and, and, and Denver's defense has a right to feel that way. They've been playing lights out, even though they've given up a 100-yard rusher this week and the receiver last week. For the amount of help that they don't get from the offense, man, Denver's defense has been balling. They traded away Bradley Chubb. You still probably got the best cornerback in the league right now. And uh, Patrick Sertain Jr., he's probably the best corner in the league right now. I don't think anybody's playing better football than him at the corner. Um, you got a lot of pieces on Denver's defense. Uh, Justin Simmons, I believe, is the safety out there. Uh, they, they got a lot, man. They got a lot. But no help from the O. And that's a problem. And right now, what do you do with Russell Wilson's contract? Like, because he's clearly not the guy. Like, at what? So even with Aaron Rodgers, when Aaron Rodgers was struggling, we knew that he eventually was going to turn it on, and he did. I don't see any signs of life from Russell Wilson. That's a shame. Geno Smith is balling in Seattle. Pete Carroll knew what he was doing, and I told y'all before, man. When I had a bad feeling, and you can go check it out. Go look. I mean. <laughs> Get a second, go look at the early uh, 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 an earlier episode where I said when Boston Richie put that song out and Future Jump Don't It's Talk About Still Smashing on C, I said, oh, man, yeah, that ain't good, man. Because even if he, you know, even if it didn't happen or whatever, even if it's not a big deal and he could trust this girl, that's a conversation that you don't want to have to have about somebody you probably going to have to see. Future was dead wrong for that. He ain't supposed to say that, man. He knew what he was doing, but hey. Future Toxic, dog. Toxic King. So, I think uh, it had a lot to do with what was going on, man. And uh, me personally, I, I just, I'm like, man, Russell Wilson don't look the same. Now, was he a dud and uh, Pete Carroll knew what he was doing? Maybe, but he still looked better than this last year in Seattle. This don't need, I've never seen this version of Russell Wilson, and I've never seen anybody decline this fast so soon. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury that he's not disclosing. I don't know if it, if it's not a good system for him. I don't know what it is, but, man, Russell Wilson looks like a shell of himself, and I believe that the Denver Broncos' defense has had enough. Let's switch gears. Let's go on a little basketball. The backcourt duo, DJ Murray and Trey Young, almost combined for 90 points. Then they got up to 85, 84, 88, something like that. Have, they both have a huge game against the Rockets. Whole lot of showboating going on. Whole lot of jawing going on. Right? What happens? The Hawks lose. 
So all of that tough guy stuff did not work. The Hawks still lost. Why did the Hawks lose? They weren't able to rebound. If your strength is going to be in the backcourt, you better have somebody who can clean up those boards. The Houston Rockets are an extremely long, young team. A whole lot of pogo sticks, and I think they absolutely demolished the Hawks on the defensive glass. If the Hawks want to be contenders, you cannot allow your best rebounders to be in the backcourt. And that DJ Murray is probably your best rebounder. Triple threat. I mean, excuse me, uh, a threat for a triple-double almost every game with the way that he does rebound, the way he sees the ball and passes the ball. So this is my message to the Hawks. First of all, if you talk it, you got to walk it. All right? So, DJ, man, I love what you bring to the team. Trey Young, I love what you do. But y'all got to y'all gotta back it up. You can't, mate, bro, you can't get spanked by the Rockets, dog. They too young. And you and what you don't want to do is letting them get their confidence. So y'all are a veteran team right now. You should be third or fourth in the East right now. I get it. Right now, man, let, let's let's chill on the annex. Let's go to work. You know what I mean? I, let, let's, 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 let's go to work for a second. Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Right? Let's do that for a second. Let's, 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 until you're getting into that groove. Cause right now, you know, all of the antics ain't really helping, especially when you like put it like this. When you showboat and take an L, all you're doing is showing people like, you know what? Let him do that. I let him look foolish because at the end of the day, they ain't going to win the game. So then you take the, see, a lot of times showboating can def deflate another team. It's like, you know what? I'm so good. I'm not even going to look at this. And you know, when I, when I turn my head on a three or when I celebrate early, you know that I'm about to get hot. You know it's going to be a long day. You know that you won't be able to compete because I'm in that zone. When you do those type of things and you don't cash in on those promises, all it shows other teams is that y'all just talk a lot. And there's nobody to go clean it up. Now, Capella being hurt, you got out-rebounded, and there's no depth on the front line. If the Hawks want to be contenders, you got to have somebody to protect those guys in the backcourt outside of Capella. John Collins can't do it. We already know that. Like, you know, we need somebody that can really, one, who can defend the five. Another thing is to really be a rim runner, right? Not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side as well. And somebody who can say, you know what? My guards don't have to be the tough guys. I'm the biggest guy on the court right now. Y'all talk to me first. Before you can get to Trey, before you can get to DJ, let them yell. But y'all got to get through me first. And I think that's going to be real important if the Hawks really want to go somewhere. And, uh, they really want to go somewhere this year. They're going to have to get a big presence. Well, look, man, that's my time. Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes D. Scoop. Check me out. Make sure you like and subscribe. And look, do me a favor. If you're still watching this, man, look, let me know you're still watching. I got $10 cash out for the first five people that tell me this code word. And the code word is, mm, let's go with freeze. The code word freeze. The first five people that DM me and say they're like, subscribe, and can tell me the code word, I got a $10 cash app. I'll take care of your lunch. All right, man. That's it, man. Holler at me. Dukes, this scoop. I'm out. Make sure you like and subscribe. Sure.